Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Weekly Creep. My How are you? <laughs> good? Yeah, we're good. Right on. How was your week? Uh, it was good. Did some volunteer work this week, and it was really nice to just change up the monotony of the week. Yeah. Um, that put me back a little with the around the coffee table, but I just got it done right now, so we're good. Everything's fine. And we're trying to make a fire today. <laughs> yeah, I decided to try and uh, teach our nieces and nephew how to light a fire from scratch and then quickly realized that I can't light a fire from scratch. <laughs> like the last time I did this, it was relatively easy. Um, but today it's a struggle. So <laughs> we're going to attempt it again after this. But yeah, I actually had a pretty... I, did, I, I didn't even tell you. I had to call uh, 911 the other day. What? Why? I was driving to work and there was this dude like driving slowly next to this like young girl uh-huh. trying to get her into his car <gasps> oh my god yeah so i was like i drove past had to kind of slam on the brakes because he was driving like two miles an hour yeah drove around and then i was like no i should go back so i drove back around uh-huh parked behind him yeah like lowered my window and tried to ask the girl like what the fuck is going on but she ignored me so i was like okay maybe it's like a dad and the daughter had fought or something yeah yeah but either way, I called 911 because I was like... You don't want to take the chance. Yeah, there's like something Makes not sense. right here. So I was yeah. able to like give a description. But then as I was on the phone, she got into the car and was like... But like she had all her stuff and she looked disheveled. Like her white shirt was all dirtied up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, fuck, ho- hopefully everything was all right. But like the amount of people that just drove past and like didn't even stop her. Yeah, Like yeah. care or anything like that. So, um... Yeah, unfortunately, this is Houston, so I couldn't get out and just ask because, you know, next thing we all would have been dead. Um, but yeah, that was, I think, Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Mm. So it was like five minutes late for work and I got there. I was like, sorry, I had to report like a possible abduction. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, that was pretty much it for me. Whoa. Pretty boring week otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what are we talking about today? Well, give us a, uh, a tarot card. Oh, yeah. So today's tarot card of the day is the moon upright. Today, rather than reacting to the events that occur, take time to reflect. If someone or something upsets you, consider why you feel so strongly about the matter. Does it remind you of something in your past? Though it may be scary or painful to look so closely at your hidden motivations, doing so will give you valuable knowledge about yourself. Wow. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, that <laughs> one kind of went over my head a little bit, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but hopefully it, it uh, you know, hit home for all you people out there. Yeah. Again, thank you to everybody who has sent like nice messages and stuff like that throughout the week. It definitely helps the monotony. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always nice to hear from our listeners and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I will say now before we start, don't forget to rate, review and all that business next week will be a titillating tales for true terror of true terror which i was going through our emails earlier there was stuff from like may that i never actually um read yeah read out oh wow so anyway if you had a story or if you were thinking about sending one 
Send one right now as you're listening to this and we'll try and get it on next week's episode. Yeah, put us on pause and then send it to us. Yeah. And um, with that being said, this episode is a bit of an odd one. For me, I felt like it was anyway. First of all, the sources that I'll just put out before I forget, some of them were allcrypted.fandom.com, bibilium.com, Wikipedia, the Catalina Islander, and two YouTube channels called, one was called Night God 333 and Bedtime Stories, and then another website called BitChute. So, I have a bit of like a monologue kind of thing written, I guess. But lately I've been surrounded by a lot of these random coincidences and synchronicities, right? I'm pretty sure I was telling you, like... You gave me one example, yeah. Yeah. And they don't seem to be linked to anything or have any particular meaning, like, at all. I mentioned that it was bizarre last week that the day after I learned about cows not being able to eat alfalfa, and just after I had got done telling one of the guys I work with my new random fact... I watched the episode of Yellowstone where that exact scenario played out. Mm. And I paused it and I was like, this, no way. (laughs) Strange, but, you know, whatever. Then the last incident involving Terry and Gwen Sherman in the book for the Shimstalker involved a strange dog-type hyena-looking thing, which I referred to as the hyena boar fox dog. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Two or three days after this episode, I came across an Instagram post by Maximus Prime Art referring to the Shunka, Shunka Warakin, right? Now, the Shunka Warakin was described as a large hyena wolf-like creature that cried like a human in the night. Native American people throughout Montana, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, and Alberta, Canada were plagued by this mysterious creature as it would sneak into their camps at night and take their dogs as food. Whoa. Yeah. But like, again, just another one of these small little coincidences. Like, never have I even heard, other than the were hyena, when we were doing like anthropy, like hyena has never come into any of this. And then all of a sudden, the same thing is being described. These creatures have been reported as the cause of livestock killings as recently as 2005. Although I will say that the main difference between Terry Sherman's creature is the legs. The one on the Sherman Ranch had stubby little legs, but either way, it was an extremely close likeness. And then other small synchronicities have been happening too that are like so minuscule. I can't think of all of them, but even the dude at work said it to me the other day. He was like, yo, you're having like, what is with all these random little things? And it was, again, completely unrelated. That's interesting because people usually don't remark on that. Yeah. And it was, it just felt like one thing after another. It was similar actually to when my great grandmother died um, while we were taking our break. She was 97 and she passed away. And that day I was going through pictures at work, which is what I do. And I kind of said to myself, because it was uh, somebody who was on holiday in England. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny now if I came across the car that my great granddad used to drive? That's the last car that they ever had. And literally the next picture had one just parked in the corner of a thing. And I was like, oh, maybe I just saw it myself and I, you know, kind of already had it parked off. But again, it was a strange, interesting coincidence. Yeah. And as I was wondering what this episode should be, because once again, like I had an idea that just kind of fell flat. I got a message from our loyal listener, Domina. 
And she sent me an Instagram profile that her husband had sent to her called Tales from the Grid Square. Now, if you're not following this, this page, go and follow it now. Like literally, oh, wait, it's so good. The dude behind the page, Nick Orton, has collected well over a thousand stories from individuals in all branches of military and frontline first responders. And this guy is currently an active member of the US military. Damina sent me the profile because I've probably said it like a million times, but military stories are some of my absolute favorites, but I rarely get to hear them or even like come across them in the wild on Reddit. So through the bio link, I find an episode of a podcast called Uncomfortable hosted by Eric Zigali, Zilagi, not sure how you pronounce it. Anyway, Nick Orton was on there talking about his Instagram and the book that he has recently published. And he was just telling some of his favorite stories. So I'm kind of half paying attention while I'm in work. And he briefly makes a reference to the giant of Kandahar. Another synchronicity. This story was literally on my list of, oh, should I do that this week? And then I come across this dude who just happens to talk about it. That's so interesting. So I was like, okay, that's literally a fucking sign. I should probably look into this. Later that night, I get home and you show me that very funny TikTok about David and Goliath. So for those who don't know, Goliath was a giant who was killed by the foreskin gathering David. (laughs) Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm reading Bible passages about the Nephilim. And according to Babilium.com, Goliath of David and Goliath fame was a possible descendant of the Nephilim or Nephilim, who are believed to have been fallen angels who are like huge and strong and roam the earth long before man they were possibly even our forefathers and therefore goliath was just once like the last of his the last of his race you Mm -hmm. know what i mean other people seem to think that goliath was actually a rephite or rephium another race of giant people who are around after noah took his big old fuck boat and a cruise because this possibly 3,000-year-old text that is the Old Testament mentions multiple races of giant people but says nothing about abortion. And I've checked. Mm-hmm. But like any other folk story or fairy tale, I do believe that there's some truth in these writings. And so, just like anybody else who reads this good book, I'm going to pick and choose what I want to believe for today and for this purpose of this whole episode. And today that means that Goliath was not just the antagonist of this story, but quite possibly one of the last of his people. Another very real possibility is that he was just an unfortunate man who suffered from gigantism and was ridiculed as a result of being different. But he is described as being six cubits and a span tall, which in today's measurements is around nine foot six inches. Goddamn. Yeah, but this is only seven inches taller than Robert Wadlow, who is, according to the Guinness Book of Records, the tallest man ever recorded. Is that the one at Ripley's? Yeah, yeah, it is, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. He passed away in 1940. Today, the tallest man is Sultan Kosen, who is a Turkish farmer. I think he still works, like, on his farm. And he's 8 foot, 2.82 inches. The tallest woman is also Turkish, and her name is Rumesa Gelgi. And she is seven foot and almost an inch. Same height as Shaq. Okay? Holy shit. Yeah. While another giant of our time, Andrei Rusimov, was a whopping seven foot four inches and weighed in at 520 pounds. 
You might know him by his other name, Andre the Giant. Uh... So, like I said, that is a bit of a tangent that I kind of went off on. But either way, I feel like Goliath could very well be a very real person. 500 pounds. Uh, yeah, and this was only like... Not that, Not long, that ago. long ago. Yeah, like Andre the Giant was alive and before we were, or well, he was he didn't wrestling die until after we were born. Like though, right? He's a wrestler, right? Yeah, he was a wrestler. Yeah, he was he was alive like when we were born. Yeah, I just I should have looked that up. I can't remember when he actually passed away. But even if people were exaggerating Goliath's size, it's not that far fetched. You know yeah. what I mean? Only being seven inches taller than the tallest ever person. Yeah. And over the course of 3,000 to 5,000 years, I'm not sure when the Old Testament was So does that written. mean that we were probably... So they probably did just exaggerate. They're like, oh my God, he's so tall. Like, yeah, Or I mean, maybe we were fucking short. Well, so <laughs> I actually do have the height of David from the Bible. Oh yeah? How tall was he? He was supposed to be 5 foot 8, which is... Normal. A, for today... Back then, he would have been like a really big five foot eight, you know what I mean? Like a strong warrior type. But I mean, like I'm not even five foot. I'm only five, six, five, seven. Me neither. I'm not close to that. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of my height or my small feet. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, I don't think this was like a matter of scale. Like um, the people were comparing Goliath to David and said nine foot six. So even if they were exaggerating, I don't think they like they could have said 12 foot, 15 foot. You know what I mean? Mm. Doesn't seem completely out of this world. OK. Um, and then the clothes that Goliath was said to be wearing were a bronze scaled coat of armor made of brass plates, which looked like fish scales weighing approximately 125 pounds. And he also wore a coat of chain mail covering him to his waist, shin guards and a helmet all made of bronze. He had a spear between tw- 10 and 14 feet long, two inches wide, with a spearhead weighing about 15 pounds, and a lovely big greatsword at his side. I don't know why he didn't use it. All of this stuff he was wearing, according to the scholars, should have weighed approximately 700 pounds. Goddamn. Yeah, so, you know, maybe, I don't know, that's a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> but much like all of the stories we cover... There have been reports of giant people throughout all of civilization. Like I said, I think the Bible references four different races of giant, possibly just different clans. I don't know. But the Greeks, the Romans, the Norsemen, Native American culture, and of course, throughout Irish history and folklore. For example, have you ever heard of the Giant's Causeway? No. Well, you should have. (laughs) Uh, the Giant's Causeway is just a bunch of fucking rocks at the top of Ireland, but it looks like steps. Okay. Okay. It's a very bizarre, like, uh, made by volcanic rock years and years and years ago. And there's actually a matching set in Scotland. Oh, on wow. On the other end. Yeah. So it was obviously like, you know, the same rock formation that eventually got covered up years yeah, and yeah. years. Pangea. <laughs> yeah. Something Anyone? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but the real story. Is that Fionn McCool? Fuck yeah, that's so metal. Yeah, Say it hero, again. what's his name? Fionn McCool. Fuck yeah. Hero of great importance. Say and it, of wait, course, wait, wait, wait. Say it again. Fionn McCool. Fuck yeah. 
he was also, of course, a giant. When he heard of Ben and Donner, I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce that, but anyway, Ben and Donner was living across the way there in Scotland. And he was threatening Ireland for some undisclosed reason. But Fionn McCool, once he heard that Ben and Donner was giving out shit, he kicked up fuck and started tearing up chunks of the Antrim coastline and just hurling them into the sea, creating this path to Whoa. Scotland. Hence, that is the Giant's Causeway. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So this meant that the two Giants could have it out face to face. What? Yeah, the main event, Saturday night, nine <laughs> o'clock, you, me, the Giants Causeway. Pay-per-view. Two nine-foot ladders <laughs> and a suitcase full of money. But... When Fionn got over to Scotland and saw the sheer size of Ben and Donner, the Scottish lad, he legged it back to his wife and he just he was shitting bricks. So his wife, Sive, said, here, wrap yourself up in this blanket and you pretend you're my baby. The right. Fuck? Weird twist. But when Ben and Donner gets there and sees Fionn disguised as a baby, he doesn't think, my God, that's an awfully hairy baby. <laughs> Instead, he thinks, oh, fuck. If this is the baby's size, how massive is the dad going to be? Uh... And so he runs off back to Scotland, destroying the path, joining the two countries as he goes. Now, this is one version of this story anyway, as retold by me, obviously. <laughs> but I did try and fact check like with our resident Irish history expert, Amy, who told me that uh, there was also Balor or Balor of the Evil Eye, leader of the Fomorians. Mortal enemy of the Tuatha de Danann. Sick. Okay. Yeah, and again, I actually don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. But he was supposed to be a giant so big and evil that when he opened his eye, it just destroyed everything in its path. What? So, obviously, these are just nice little stories. But nonetheless, it proves that people have been talking about giants for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Like dragons. Exactly. And for some reason, the government hates it really yeah all of the governments they just hate it so every few years someone stumbles upon the bones of some unnaturally large large humanoid type creature in some cave or another but they're always quickly dismissed as hoaxes and the remains always disappear in some mysterious way or another and that's not to say that they're all genuine either like especially in the late 19th and early 20th centuries when you could pay half a penny to pet a lady's beard in the caravan, oh, yeah. like on the side that's of the road. That's true, that's true. Back then, that seemed to be like the heyday of... They were like freak shows and stuff like that. I yeah, actually... Yeah. Like, I love the lore and the, the stories in freak show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, they're all awful stories, or most of the time they are anyway. But that is, again, when you see a lot of this, like, come in and see the giant's uh, remains or whatever. And a lot of the times, it would be human bones mixed in with, like, cow bones and stuff. Oh, okay. Just to make it look really big. Yeah. And there was stories from... And all of these stories have been supposedly debunked. But one example from like even before this would have been the 15th century when Portuguese explorers came over to Patagonia, which is now like the southern tip of uh, South America. So Just like, a tip. Well, <laughs> <shut up. laughs> It is now... Like what would be Chile and Mm -hmm. I guess Argentina and stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, so when these guys got over to Patagonia and it was like documented in, you know, when these people did these big adventures, they always had a documentarian writing down all the stuff that they did to prove when they got back that they actually did do the things that they said. Yeah. 
and didn't just like go out and hide over the horizon for like six months <laughs> and then come back and be like, yeah. oh, it was giants everywhere. But they got to Patagonia. They saw these giant people dancing on the beach. Mm-hmm. And the main dude, again, I didn't actually take this down because I didn't think I was going to talk about it. But he sent some of his crew over because he was like, fuck me. No, they're huge. I'm not going over there. Yeah. So he sent some of his crew and the crew said that like this one dude's calf measured 21 inches. All right. I don't really know. Like my calf his probably measures calf? a bit. Yeah. Why that was what they measured, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's the only place that they could reach. Probably. My own personal theory on this exact scenario is like maybe these people were just dancing on stilts. You know what I mean? Because they were like they interrupted like a celebration kind of thing. Uh... Or that's what it seems like. And then the giants thought that these small people were angels. Really? Yeah, come from the heavens above because where else could they have come from? Certainly not the water. Interesting. But why I, I love that reaction is because Typically, the short people, when they find the big people, they're like, oh, my God, they must be angels. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes to show like the misconstrued like thought process. Anyway, I would have been like, oh, look, ants. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But anyway, when the Portuguese eventually coerced two of the giants back into their ship to Mm. bring them home, like they enslaved them. Mm -hmm. But it was literally the same trick that John Wayne Gacy used to use on kids. Um, Be like, look, I'll show you this magic trick. Tie these handcuffs on your thing. They literally did that. Mm. They like showed them all these like fancy silver spoons and shit that they had never seen before because they were living on this like Patagonia, not yeah. Europe. Anyway, the two supposed giants died in transit and they never made it back to Portugal. A few years later, these English explorers go to the same place and they're like, well, we're going to fucking find these giants. And all they find is regular sized people. Mm-hmm. Now, they did say that they were a slightly larger like tribe or family or whatever that were like still bigger than their biggest soldier but they certainly weren't giants so then they were like no those portuguese are full of shit man so we'll never really know Mm -hmm. anyway that's the typical story that i kept coming across as it was going by all of these different giant scenarios but one example of the freak show aspect of things okay is ralph glidden Now, his story, again, has been largely debunked, but he lived on Santa Catalina Island. I don't know if this is the same place where the Catalina wine mixer is held, you know, from uh, Step Brothers, the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do know that the island is actually owned or was at some point by the Wrigley family of the chewing gum fame. Oh, wait, (laughs) I was thinking Wrigley. Ringling? Oh, yeah, the circus sorry. people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were talking about freak shows. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Easy mistake. No, these are the Chewing Gum Brothers. <laughs> the Chewing Gum Brothers. Or, well, family. Anyway, this guy supposedly unearthed the remains of a giant while out looking for arrowheads and other Native American artifacts. Now, he was doing this stuff since he was a kid living on this island. But he would go on to claim that he had discovered many skeletons of a race of fair-haired giants that averaged between seven and eight feet tall. There's even a picture of him standing with a half-uncovered giant skeleton. It does seem a little bit too convenient. And people, even back then, were saying, this isn't a giant skeleton. It's just a trick of the eye because he's actually standing further away than it seems. I don't know. It's definitely a picture of him standing in front of a very large skeleton. Yeah. Maybe it was like 1890s Photoshop. Yeah. 
But unlikely. Ra- yeah. But Ralph Glidden was definitely not a true archaeologist by any means. He was quote unquote self-taught, which literally means he was just pillaging the island looking for anything that he could display in his own little museum that he had built. He was also selling these things too, like mm. buy a giant bone for only 50 cents. Yeah. And he is one of the people who is said to have shipped off his giant remains to the Smithsonian Museum only for them to conveniently disappear Mm. in transit. Now, his believers, of which there are still quite a few around, they wholeheartedly believe that this is just the Smithsonian way of covering up a secret that they do not want us to know. And who am I to argue with the likes of L.A. Marzulli? A preacher who calls prayers air support. Yeah. Send in your air support, meaning fucking pray for us. I Who's, mean, just it's yeah. just a name for prayer. Yeah. This guy's YouTube videos are also sponsored by anti-aging miracle youth products. Oh. Yeah. And he is, as far as I can see, an extreme right-leaning conspiracy theorist who is out there to prove the truth through the word of God. Or some bullshit like that. But... As far as I can find, he is the one who brought this next story into the not-so-mainstream media. In 2016, on a TV show, I don't know whether it was an internet TV show or a real TV show, but anyway, he interviewed a man by the name of Mr. D, a military contractor whose identity was kept hidden. Now He gave a pretty detailed description of an encounter that he had in Afghanistan in 2002. I actually couldn't find the video like for ages. Like it's been taken down from here. Every link that I clicked on, it it was starting to get a little bit like, oh my God, they really like took this shit down. Yeah, yeah. But eventually I found it anyway. Uh, thanks to Reddit, I found it. And I'm going to play that exact thing rather than like just tell the story. Because yeah. I have the audio right here. So I'm going to play it. I've cut it down because there's a lot of like special effects and stuff in there. But anyway... The story goes that a U.S. infantry unit disappeared while on patrol in the mountains of Kandahar. When they lost contact with the unit, the army dispatched a special forces team to go out and find out what had happened. Enter Mr. D. He was supposedly a member of this team of Green Berets that were sent in. So we flew in. About four clicks, kilometers. We're hiking through the same area where they were supposed to make one of their checkpoints, you know, one of their rally and before we'd left, there was all kinds of what happened with the ambush. But that was even odd because at point of ambush, you'd call for maybe close air support something, okay? There was no calls made, just off the, off the bridge. So we're coming down a, a mountainside, and it was a nice, nice path, a goat path. As we bent around this corner, you could see this opening of the cave. There's a cave as we're coming around. And then I see there's a lot of rocks, which is another oddity, and then bone matter. When I'm not close enough to identify what kind of bones, but I did see something I knew was a piece of our communications equipment. So instantly, we're thinking ambush, maybe animal, you know, it could be anything. And there was enough room in front of this cave, but it had a sheer drop-off. But there was enough room that we actually got into a decent dispersal in case of ambush. You see something coming out of the cave. And it's moving with a speed and agility that catches you off guard. Everybody. Everybody. And he comes out. It was a man at least 12 to 15 feet. This is a monster. Red beard. Then his hair was long. 
past the shoulder, a scarlet red, and Dan runs at him and starts shooting, which broke all of us into the reality. As it was so now, now your training is kicking Oh, yeah. Okay. Muscle memory. While Dan is moving at him, another bro of mine's laying down fire, and I start firing. He skewers Dan. He's now got him on this pike. It went through. And he's still got him. And he's coming after more. We all just clicked in. I don't know what it was, but I remember we're all like, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. And our weapons components were M4, we had 308s, and we had Barracuda. This is sounding longer than it took. We're talking 30 seconds. And he's taking multiple hits, and he's still moving. Dan was dead. Okay. And uh, why is a good man, probably one of the best men I know, now dead? Before I'd left, they were already starting what they call a nine line, which is a medevac request. They're sending out a medevac request, then all of a sudden it's not a medevac request. All of a sudden we had a helicopter show up because like I told you, it was a large precipice and a sheer drop. So the helicopter just came up from the drop. They had dropped netting, which is like uh, cargo netting. It's like squares. We were told we had to bundle him up. And we get another bigger helicopter but it's almost like a jolly green giant used to look back in the day that could get, you know, through this area. Because the mountains, you got to remember, Chinooks could only go in certain places because they had enough lift. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we got him on there. The thing was too big. We couldn't move it. It smelled worse than a skunk. A corpse that's been around for a while. Really fell. Oh, it was like a combination because of the... How do you put that? The persistence of a skunk smell, but once the helicopter came in, dropped its little hook, and off he goes. The communication was sent out that we had a very large possible human creature. There you are in the, the hills of Afghanistan. Uh, how many troop members are you with? We had uh, six on my crew. And when we say hills of Afghanistan, uh, for us, we did not fly into the wilderness. We actually flew into a base. I guess this thing was transloaded out of the uh, mountains by a CH-47. What I could see that it did have the six fingers. I remember taking my foot up and placing it up next to its foot, and it was extremely large. We estimated at about 12 feet, give or take. Uh, what I can tell you is the weight of the thing, basically, it was approximately 1,500 pounds when it was getting on the aircraft. Now, if you take away the pallet weight and all the rigging that we had to uh, hold this thing down, we figured it was around uh, 1,100 pounds. Of course we're upset. That's a given. Okay. We lost a very good guy. But add to that, <clears throat> you're discussing something that even in our after-action report, they're saying, rewrite it. And we had to rewrite it the way they wanted it. How, how many fingers? Six, oh, six, 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 six toes. Six toes. And the nails were weird because if you see somebody that ever has, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a fungus, on, fungus the on the nails, how they get pointy and they're like gnarly, that's, that's what they look like. I feel like I've heard this story before. So it's a well-known story, and I have also heard it before, but it's, like a lot of stories, honestly, it's like a lot of hearsay and a lot of general, like, this is what happened, but no detail. Yeah, yeah. Now, the 
I really did look to see like if I could find the absolute original like leak or whatever because mm-hmm. some people said the second person that was talking the pilot who flew him out mm-hmm. he actually spoke on George Norrie's coast to coast like as far as I'm aware he was completely independent of the dude who came out and spoke on the other TV show Watches 10 but some people say the George Norrie interview was first some people say the other one was first but either way there's supposed to be four or five people who came forward and all said like I was there, but I wasn't on the Green Beret team. I was at like local base and we heard firsthand like when this was happening or the people who like that one pilot who actually collected the um, giant, I guess, from the air base. It wasn't from the mountains like he was just the airplane pilot. And then there was supposed to be other people from the helicopter crew who also came out separately. But you know as hard as it is to to give credence to one side or the other obviously all the conspiracy theorists quickly said well the government just shut it all down and all of these people had to sign ndas which is very common for people in the military to have to do even over like seemingly mundane things but they would have to sign an nda if they used like a new weapon or something you know what i mean just stuff that they can't have been leaked to the the general public and Again, you just have to decide for yourself really what you want to believe. Yeah. Now it's like an urban legend and people who were supposedly still in like, you know, the last of the people to go to Afghanistan. For a lot of them, it was the first story that they heard. And there's other Afghanistan uh, or soldiers who served in Afghanistan that said like when they got there, the training was weird. Like when they were on these uh, patrols in the mountains, they were always told aim high, aim high, which went against what they were told in regular yeah, training. in regular training like you were supposed to shoot the chest in the face whereas here it was face and above yeah um but again it could all be hearsay one website that i had the pleasure of reading through even said that it was that the only reason why america was even in afghanistan in the first place was specifically to fight this race of giants okay they also said that the moab bomb which was dropped on afghanistan close to the Pakistan border in 2017 was done so in order to kill the underground lair where the giants operated out of, right? I don't know why like the US government would want to wipe out this, <laughs> even if they were aggressive. They're like, Yeah, there's no real, like, what did there's, what's the benefit? Because yeah. that's always the angle when it comes to American invasion is that there is something to benefit from. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, like, where these maybe these giants wanted to go to Yale or Harvard and they didn't want them to get in or something. You yeah, know they I mean? wanted to oppress them in some way. Yeah, but this one particular website also said that this bomb, the Moab, mm-hmm. which is Moab as in mother of all bombs, it's oh. the largest non-nuclear weapon ever made. Now, I'm not into weapons and guns and stuff like that doesn't impress me, so maybe I'm wrong, but... They also said that the earth is flat and that the only terrorists that exist anywhere ever are actually the U.S. military. Who am I to argue? But a very quick Google search told me that the bomb was not nuclear, although it was dropped with the intention of collapsing an underground operation, um, which was it was a cave system that was primarily used by ISIS that made it very difficult for U.S. troops to operate because these guys had full knowledge of the, the underground system. I didn't Google whether the earth was flat or not, (laughs) but 
as you can see, this topic in particular is very hard to research without falling prey to a host of other conspiracy theories that I just don't care about. Yeah. Like, I don't care. If the earth is flat. Cool. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Like, I never understood that it, it's not going to make it any easier for me to get around. And I'm certainly not worried about falling off the edge. <laughs> so if you believe the earth is flat, good for fucking you. I don't, just don't tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, they're, they're what, like, again, with a ghost story, all you have to do is to say, well, no, that did happen. And I believe it because I, it did happen. Unless you were the one who witnessed it. I can't take any of this proof. And I was telling Dulce yesterday, I actually had to listen to a, a pastor in work because here in Texas, there's a lot of them. Um, guy came over to pick up some nice uh, family pictures and stuff that he had had done and then all of a sudden he was preaching in the reception area of work and i just had to listen to him as he told my boss that uh well science is wrong and you know the devil only put science here to test us so but he knew scientists that knew the real science you know oh my so God. at the same time science is wrong but not this science because this science is proved by somebody who also goes to my church ah uh. So, you know, it all depends on who you listen to. If you listen to us and you decide you want to listen to us, great. Don't give us money. Donate it to a decent charity, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, do give us $2 a month. That'd be fine. Yeah. But anyway, enough about that. I've censored myself quite a, a lot on this episode. Like, I've deleted a lot of the stuff that I wrote because I felt myself going down like a... A rabbit hole. A rabbit hole of a fucking rant. Either way... These stories, as I'm presenting them, are for you to decide whether or not you want to believe them. Now, back to my strange synchronicities, synchronicities, of which, when as of writing this, I had no more. Okay? That seemed to be the end of the synchronicities. Until today. Oh. So our original plan was to record this last night. Well, yeah, last night. But then on Thursday, I fell asleep for like 13 hours straight or something. Yeah, so it literally great. messed up our whole plan. Don't know what was going on. So then anyway, it was like, OK, well, we'll record it today. We'll get up at half 10 or we'll get up early, record at half 10. But first, let's have breakfast and watch Slam Ham, as we call it, Slap Tam. That very first video that we put on. What was in it? That giant. A story a about giants. And they were lifting it off. Yes. So a giant and a conspiracy theory to go along with it. Yeah. So real quick, before I get back to my Tales from the Grid, Tales from the Grid Square stories, this is like a complete little add-on that obviously I wasn't expecting. But this dude uploaded on his TikTok, whether it was, you know, a, a hoax or not, it was a very good story and I liked it. Um... Can't find it now, but I will add it on at the end of this to do this TikTok. Anyway, he's up in Alberta, I believe, in Canada, driving down the road, and he sees what can only be described as a giant on top of the mountain. He goes to investigate, and there's some federal agency there to tell him this road is closed, turn back. He keeps going back. The road is still closed. Eventually, he sees these giant helicopters swooping in, you know, pure conspiracy it was basically this story except it's 2022 now yeah you know so i was like okay now this has to be it and then i keep seeing the word nephilim everywhere which is that race of giants mentioned in the bible like so much so that i i just wrote it down it's like the last note in my 
my nifty new notebook. Nephilim. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. Like, I don't know what it is. I even Googled, like, what is the purpose of, you know, what is the theory behind all of these little synchronicities? Especially when I'm not necessarily looking for them. I was doing a TikTok earlier for um, the poltergeist, uh, the Enfield poltergeist, and Nephilim came up again. And I was like, this is so bizarre. Like, either way, when I Googled it, they just said, all these synchronicities just mean that you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Yeah, that's, is, that's It's kind of a cop out, but at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, I'll add that TikTok in later. It's great. Go watch it. It's a good few minutes of entertainment. So here's a couple of stories from Tales from the Grid Square. Okay. This one is from a post made on May 10th. I was a sensor operator on the Reaper, heading up to work a tasking force in the northern parts of the country. Scanning around, doing my thing and looking at stuff. There are small villages up high in those central mountains that I've scanned probably a dozen times. I found a super small mud hut, which is where I saw the giants. They were three-ish, maybe even four meters tall. There's a ruler tool that tells you how wide your crosshair is and the people were as tall as the crosshair was wide. The few mud huts were extremely rudimentary. Like, just a mound with some holes for a door and windows. They didn't do anything crazy. Just normal people things. Tending fires and other chores. I wish I could say that they did something exciting, but really they just mobbed around their small clearing. There were a few goats tied up and a fire that one person was tending. Hard to tell any details, but they seemed to be wearing rugged clothing. I would guess similar to Afghan traditional from how they moved but they seemed heavily cloaked. The only interesting thing was the size. The goats looked like cats next to them. This was all in mid-wave infrared at night, so they showed up as black humanoid heat signatures. I wish I could have used our daytime camera. I always wondered if they had red hair. I only monitored them for like 10 minutes before we were too far away to see. But again, giants in Afghanistan up in the mountains. So these are the ones that kind of reinforce the like Kandahar story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this next one is actually from the same region. I'm not sure. But anyway, this post was made on July 17th, 2021. I was deployed as an infantry team leader with the army in the Kunar province of Afghanistan from 2008 to 2009. One night we set in on an observation patrol to overlook a village that we suspected IEDs were coming out of due to its successful IED recovery a few weeks prior. My lieutenant gave me a new thermal imaging system called the Recon 3 that none of us were familiar with and told me to figure out what I can and pass along the information to the other team leaders. I started messing with the Recon 3 to see its capabilities and was surprised at the clarity of the images and the clarity of the zoom on it. I spent most of the time messing with the different functionalities and watching the village. I started to look across the valley to see what I could see and that led me to look along the spur we were set in on and saw a very large heat signature at the top of one of the false peaks. I did everything I could to get as clear of an image as I possibly could, suspecting that it was a group of Taliban huddled together around the light as they tend to do in the mountains, when all of a sudden the heat signature stood up as one being. The trees that grew in that area grew up to between 10 and 12 feet tall. And this thing was at least as tall as them. 
if not even more elevated. It started taking steps parallel to my position and was covering ground quickly and with ease. Its stride was slow and relaxed, yet it moved with incredible speed. That led me to believe that this creature was gigantic. It very quickly traversed the landscape and I lost sight of it along a neighbouring spur. I did not believe what I saw initially, assuming that I had imagined it as I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I didn't tell many people about it while deployed or even in the army. I kept it to myself, thinking that I couldn't have seen what I saw. But then, in 2010, after I got out of the army, I was listening to Coast to Coast Radio and heard the story of a C-130 pilot talking about a similar creature. The memory came flooding back to me, and it also made me consider other things that I saw during my time in the service. The C-130 pilot had discussed the the creature in great detail and said that it had fire orange hair, and that reminded me of a tradition the locals would do, but would not speak of, where they would dye their hair orange, and dye the hair of their goats orange. It seemed like it was every once in a while that they would do this, and then all of a sudden, all of the orange goats would be gone, and the orange from their hair would be gone as well. I didn't put two and two together, assuming it was a weird cultural thing that I just didn't understand, but now it makes me wonder if that was some gesture to the creature, or Nephilim, or if the goats were sacrificed to it. I'm a Christian, and the Bible briefly discusses the Nephilim, aka the men of renown. I think that is what I saw. I think it's an ancient race of giants that are the descendants of fallen angels. Or it could just be Sasquatch-like creatures. I'm not sure. Of course, I only saw it on thermals, but it didn't appear to be hairy, like what you would expect a Sasquatch to look like. It just seemed to be a huge naked man. Even more terrifying. Yeah, it is. But that one, I don't know whether he's talking about the same... C-130 pilot that George Norrie might have interviewed or an even another like George Norrie has been on the air for donkey's years like since the 90s I think mm-hmm. and has I'm sure interviewed thousands and thousands of people at this point but it is just so bizarre and then this last story is actually from Africa and this post was made on April 8th of this year this was witnessed by the American class going through FDCC the French Desert Commando Course, and our French instructors in Djibouti, Africa. At the end of a training mission in the mountains of Djibouti, the platoon had set up a defensive position on both sides of a wadi that led to the ocean. I think that means like a valley, I don't know, or a river or something. As we were getting ready to move back to our staging area, one of my team members spots, through his ACOG, a crouched person watching us from the top of one of these mountains. Usually we wouldn't care if we were being watched by locals, but this guy was huge, like 14 feet in height. At first I thought it was just an optical illusion from the angle we were sitting at. However, at this point the other teams spot this giant and report it to the platoon leadership, which had also noticed the giant when it decided to stand up from crouching. After reporting this incident to our instructors, the entire class was told to leave them alone and do our best to ignore them. About 35 of us saw him, or it, I don't know what to call them other than giants, but looking at the giant was a bit eerie. It seemed like we were seeing something we weren't supposed to see. My friend pretty much remembers something very similar to me. We moved back to our vehicles after we saw this giant. We put him at around 14 to 17 feet. 
He was approximately 150 metres from the platoon. He was skinny and black. I'd put him at around mid-twenties, although a lot of Jabushans look older than they actually are, so maybe a teenager. I know he was wearing like a blue tank top, but it seemed off, like just cloth versus an actual shirt. It seemed unreal since he looked like a regular man, just huge. I wish I had more details for you. That is that one's even more bizarre than the other ones because the other ones didn't say, oh, they look exactly like men. The other ones were like, they have six fingers, they have two rows yeah. of teeth. This guy was like, no, he just looked exactly like a local except three times the fucking size. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. That's my episode on giants and the <laughs> Nephilim. And hopefully these weird synchronicities will leave me alone. Now, maybe it was just like I needed to get this out there. Mm-hmm. And be done with it. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a unique one. I don't think I've ever... Yeah, like, even when I was putting it together, it was kind of strange. Like, Yeah. I like it. It's different. Good. I kind of was kind of winging it a little bit. Okay. And just like stitching things together. Well, it worked. Good job. Thank you. I did enjoy doing it. As much as like I hated certain aspects of the research, I was like, you people are... <laughs> anyway, um... What I would recommend to all of you this week is check out what's going on in Iran. We have Iranian listeners and uh, shit's just going nuts over there. So support them in any way you can. And also listen to the Blind Boy podcast. It's very soothing. It's very insightful. And yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. And if you have a pet, give it a hug because hugs never hurt. Yeah, that's true. Hugs never hurt. Um. Yeah, don't forget to send us your stories for titillating tales next week or for just deaf and ghost stories. You can decide where we read them or how we present them. Rate, review, watch our TikToks, our Instagrams, all of the stuff. Check out Dulce's stream, which will be today at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. As you were listening to this, that's Sunday, September 25th at 3 o'clock. All right. Thank you very much, creeps. Good Bye. night. Bye.